screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. Welcome back to another episode of the uh, Crimson Crackers podcast. Um, sorry for the delay. You know, we made a promise to give y'all an episode every week, but a couple circumstances came in the way. Um, I had no kidney stone to pass, which makes me a confirmed badass. And, uh, you know, I finished my finals, too. So, I'm rolling. Yeah, uh, college is a little stressful when it gets to the final exams, but we both pushed through and passed uh, passed our classes with flying colors. Yeah, I had, to, uh, I had to write a paper about the Karate Kid in one of my classes, and, uh, you know, I, I had to take an exam basically about Call of Duty. So, uh, you know, being a history major, it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a joke, but, uh, I mean, it's a lot of writing, but, I mean, I got it through and I'm into summer now. So, um, but again, sorry for the delay of the episodes, you know, of course we missed a, another important event in the, the sports world, I guess uh, the NFL draft happened, which I guess it's a pretty big deal. Um, especially if you're an Alabama player, which we got a lot of guys drafted and, you know, everybody, every, every single one of them is in different, you know, in a different shape to where they're going to be in their career. And I think it's important for us to uh, go over, you know, where the careers could go from, you know, where they got drafted and what circumstances they're put it they're put in. Um, so I guess a good first guy to start out with is, of course, the first first guy who came off the board from Alabama, uh, offensive tackle Evan Neal. Yeah, I think Evan Neal is uh, probably in good shape because the Giants are on the I wouldn't say they come up, but they're they're building in the right direction. They hired, they, they got, well, uh, David Gettleman uh, resigned, which is a W for the Giants and Giants fans because he was a terrible GM. And they ended up getting another GM, and then they hired Brian Dable, former offense coordinator at Alabama and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, National so, champion. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good good start for the, the Giants. And then, you know, I think you can – really work some things uh some good things up in new york and uh i think evan neal he's in a he's gonna he's in a good spot definitely a better spot i would say than the jets yeah i mean the giants have a lot of great pieces especially in the front office and their coaches um really i think evan neal is in a good position just because i don't think there's anybody who can compete with what he does you know on that team and saquon is a fantastic running back and uh you know, Daniel Jones might not be the the quarterback you want, you know, to to protect, but he's the guy, and I think Evan Neal is going to do a fine job at it. Um, you know, the the second guy who, uh, you know, he wasn't the next guy drafted. That was James Williams, but we'll get to him. Um, you know, Brian Robinson, he's going to Washington as a running back, and you know, I talked before the draft started. I I feel like he's going to have a really good career, and I think Washington, you know, is a perfect place for him. Uh, you know, going to a place where 
he's going to get a lot of touches because the quarterback play, they're not going to give a lot of, they're not going to put a lot, you know, of, of tension on the shoulders of Carson Wentz, which you shouldn't because he can literally implode your team, your team's chances of doing anything. Single-handedly, yes. Yeah, and the good thing is, is Brian Robinson won't have to be a workhorse because Antonio Gibson is going to be in front of him, and he's a fantastic running back. And I think being a, a second-string running back is a very, very good job to have in the league. It gives you enough enough snaps to prove who you are, and it gives you, you know, enough room to you know to stay away from you know the risk of you know severe injuries. Right. I think uh, the next guy, uh, James, like you said, Jamison Williams. Um, he went. He went a little early. Not a little early. He went. You know, a little bit earlier than I thought he would. I thought he was going to yeah. be around twenty-one or something, Green Bay. But you know, of course, they didn't draft a guy. But I think he went like twelfth. Yeah, like 10, 11, 12, around that range. Uh, he went to the Lions. His situation, I would say he's in very bad shape because the Lions are essentially a poverty franchise, uh, thanks to their owner, uh, Marsha Ford, who's around like 98 years old. That old hag. And uh, <laughs> not to mention that his quarterback at the moment is Jared Gall. Um And he's like, you know, just another Carson Wentz. He can single-handedly, you know, take your franchise down and ruin the season for you. So with that, with that, with those two factors, uh, he, his, his situation isn't really looking so great, but you know, if you, you know, it could get better in the future and who knows, he might, uh, he might surprise some people this season. I mean, if guys like Barry Sanders and Megatron can't do anything in Detroit, I don't know if Jameson can, because if you heard the, some of the things they're making him wear number 89, which is one of the worst numbers there is for a football player. And he's, he said he, he wasn't really happy about that. And um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic talent. I think he's going to be a good player, but yeah, if you're looking at him being capable of winning or, you know, postseason moments or even stats for that matter, I think playing for Detroit really, you know, puts him down a notch for any opportunity to be a, an elite talent. Uh, I have a joke for you. Uh, whenever he got drafted, I made this joke. Um, what a, what does Jameson eat at Olive Garden? What? Mom spaghetti. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so the next receiver who was drafted, really the only one left, was uh, well, Slate Baldwin wasn't drafted. That was obvious, but yeah, uh, John Mechie. Uh, he's going to Houston. Um, I think that's maybe one of the worst spots to be in right now, I think. Uh, you know, Davis Mills, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to he's not gonna do anything to win you a game, I don't think. And honestly, I don't know if John Mechie's going to be that good of a receiver in the league. Uh, you know, he's coming off a big injury, kind of like Jameson is. Uh, Jameson, I mean, John Mechie's good at certain spots, but I don't know if he excels in the, in the necessary needs, like what, what you need to be a good receiver. He's not that fast. He's not that fast. He doesn't really have that good size. Uh, the only thing he really obtains is, is good hands. And, you know, I think that that lack of, you know, overall, you know, sculpture of what he is as a receiver is not going to help, you know, playing with one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and even, even him as a possession receiver, he can sometimes struggle even with that. So that's, that's going to be a little tough for him. So he, he'll need to, you know, if he wants to – be good in the league, he'll need to round out, you know, the, those other 
you know, speed, uh, you know, getting open, you know, everything like that. So, you know, yeah, he, he's more of like a, I'd say a project because, you know, we, we, you've seen what he's done in college, but, you know, it, it's a little different, you know, when you translate it to the NFL, not only, you know, mentioning about his injury, that's, that'll be, you know, something to come back from. Yeah. And, um, I guess we we can move back to the nation's capital. Uh, Fadarian Mathis got drafted. You know, the big D lineman. Yeah, he his uh, situation. It's you know it's weird because you know Washington Commanders. You know they have, you know, are they already have two uh, D linemen that are from Alabama. We got we got um, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen just became a Pro Bowler this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're drafting another Alabama player on the D line. So it's, it's, um, I'd say it's, it's a little, it's not good shape because I think their D line has a little too much depth. Um, so for him to get into the rotation, it'll be, you know, it'll be a, a little bit of an uphill battle, I'd say. Yeah. I think there's too many pieces in front of him to, uh, you know, show his true potential. If I'm being honest, I think for Darius Mathis right now is capable of being a, you know, a, a starter, kind of like how Christian Barmore is at, at New England now. Um, I, I basically think they have the best they're, – they're the same size, same structure, and same talent. And uh, I think playing in, in a in – a, for a team like Washington, it'll be really hard for him to, to reach the amount of snaps that, you know, he deserves as a player. And, um, you know, not to mention the fact that these players that are in front of him are very, very talented and proven. Um, you know, Alabama guys, you can't really go wrong with them on the line. Uh, it was a great pickup by Washington, but for the sake of Darian Mathis, I don't know if that's the best spot for him. Um, sticking on the uh, defensive side, uh, Christian Harris, you know, got picked by the Texans also, which, in my opinion, you know, what makes him different from Mechie is I, I feel like a defensive player, he he can lose games, but he's if he's good, that that's all that matters. I mean, you saw J.J. Watt win, what, back-to-back MVPs or something, and the Texans were like, I don't know, six and 10, maybe both those years. Yeah. And I, th- I think the depth, the lack of depth that Houston has and, you know, their need to move a bunch of personnel out is going to give Christian Harris a great opportunity to uh, make plays for him. Um, moving on to the next guy, uh, Jalen Armour Davis. Uh, he got directed to the Ravens. I think it's he, he's, he's in good shape with the Ravens because, you know, it's a great defense to work with. And um, not to mention Marlon Humphrey is there, Anthony Averett is there. You know, you're you're familiar with those guys because they they went to Alabama, played played at Alabama, excelled at Alabama, and now they're you know in the in the same system as you. So I think you know those guys can actually mentor him and you know you know help him in his development. Really. Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong with Baltimore. Uh, shout out Seth McMillan, huge fan. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Baltimore, they're a good team. Um, um, I mean, every single it seems like every single guy who gets drafted to Baltimore, no matter what point, they're going to be a good defensive player, or they're going to at least look like they – at least look like they're a good defensive player. Good defensive player, yes. And I don't know why that, that – that might just be due to guys like Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, and Reed, you know, just wearing that purple or black. It just makes it look like a badass, so. I mean, Ormore Davis, he's going to a great a great system and a, a fantastic secondary, which can't ask much more for a cornerback. 
um not like I guess in the on the bigger picture of the draft a, a huge question was like who was going to be you know the first quarterback taken and you know moving to the future perspective of this which quarterback has the best opportunity to you know build build a good future for themselves or which guy do you think is going to win more yeah for for me I'd say the best future for QB in the draft is probably going to be Kenny Pickett um I just think that having Mike Tomlin as your head coach is it, it that's already a plus and then having you know the decent pieces around him like you know Najee Harris that that offensive line is getting you know a lot better than it was you know two years ago um and then you have you know I hate to say it but you have uh, <laughs> you have those wide receivers that um you know in the past, you know, they're little drama queens, but, yeah. you know, I think, you know, they as long as they, you know, can control their off-the-field drama queen issues, then, you know, they could they could do something, you know, he could do something special with them. So, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say Kenny Pickett right now. Yeah, I like Kenny Pickett, too, just on the basis of they have a fantastic running back. I mean, Najee's going to be their guy for years to come. Uh, their offensive line – you know, they're improving a little bit. They're getting better. Uh, plenty of pieces. And, of course, you got J.J. Watt or T.J. Watt on the other side. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, yeah, I like Pickett, but for my, in my opinion, I think Malik Willis is going to be a, a, a fantastic quarterback in this league. Um, just because I, I really don't know how much longer Ryan Tannehill has with the uh, Tennessee Titans. And also seems like, you know, Tannehill, he said all that shit, which in the press conference and not wanting to be his mentor. Um, it's not something I don't really disagree with, but it just seems like whenever Malik Willis was brought up in the in the conversation, Tannehill seemed a little skittish, you know, to what, yeah. what to say about him. And I think it's just because Ryan Tannehill is afraid of him and understands that, you know, he has way more talent than him right now. Um, yeah, the same thing happened to Aaron Rodgers that, you know, the Packers took, you know, Jordan Love with the first-round pick, and he never, you know, he – uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers never was like, yeah, I'm not going to teach this dude anything, blah, 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 who mm-hmm. the guy before Aaron Rodgers was Brett Favre, who, you know, wasn't, was really like, you know, I'm not really yeah. you know, a mentor Aaron Rodgers. And even Aaron Rodgers was like, yeah, uh, he didn't come, come out and say, yeah, I'm not going to mentor Jordan Love. He was totally fine with it, you know. But now that, you know, Ryan Tannehill's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this, blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, dude, you just, you lost the first, you know, you lost against the Bengals. You threw three he picks. Single-handedly lost the game for the Titans. He really did. He really did. He lost the game for the Titans. You know, three interceptions. They won by a game-winning field goal. Yeah, like you did everything in your power to to throw the game away. Yeah, I, from what I hear, I'm like Malik Willis's personality and you know his his commitment to the game is something you know second to none. And uh, I think with legs like that and a fantastic arm, he's going to be something. Uh, he's going to be something special for this league. Uh, well, I guess that's enough draft talk. I guess we can move down to, uh, you know, the, the best team and, you know, the better team, a better team than NFL teams, Alabama. Um, and what we will be better than the NFL team if if we get a if we get Jordan Addison. That's for sure. Yeah, so today uh, Jordan Addison went on a, te- a visit to Texas, I believe. Um, you know, there's been a lot of trends about, like, 
you know, guys from Alabama following him and, uh, you know, workouts with Bryce Young and all that, which it's not something I really look at. Uh, but I just wonder, you know, he, he's definitely in contention for Alabama. And I just wonder, you know, for Alabama fans, what, what did they, what, what would they expect from Jordan Addison and what would he do for this team? Yeah, so the whole Jordan Addison news, it started out with USC. Before he even entered the transfer portal, he was, you know, USC was, like, you know, trying to talk to him. And Pat Narduzzi, the head coach of Pitt, was like, hey, that's tampering. And, you know, short time later, there gets reports that, you know, Bryce Young is working out with him, and then people go crazy about that. And it's like, okay, now Alabama's in the picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started thinking, like, you know, our wide receiver right our wide receiver room right now isn't really there's no veterans there's no nothing you know we already dug into the transfer portal for uh twice yeah so you know that room isn't i wouldn't say is polished or finished or you know anything of the you know anything perfect right now um for the season so if we were to get jordan addison it would provide i would say um, not only like veteran leadership for the younger guys, but you know, uh, much needed experience. Um, because we don't really have anybody who has experience, you know, mm-hmm. the closest guy to having experience is, you know, with the team is Jacoy Brooks. Yeah. And he was a true freshman last year. Yeah. And he didn't have that many, he didn't have that many catches, but you know, you know, 20, maybe 20, yeah, maybe, maybe just 20 catches. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, he had the big catch against, uh, against Auburn, but I feel like he's still, he's still a guy I really want to see develop. And, um, like, as you said, yeah, Jordan Addison, he would, he would definitely fill in this receiving, uh, receiving cord to what, you know, to satisfy Alabama fans, which, you know, to reach that is a ridiculous level. Um, but either way, you know, the way I see Jordan Addison, it would be it would be really, really good to have him. But um yeah, Jordan Addison would be really good for us. Uh uh, you know, he's a really complete he's a complete receiver. Um he won I think he might have won the Lettenkoff last year. I don't know. Um yeah, he, he put he put up insane stats for Pitt, but uh he's he's a he's a fantastic talent and I'd be glad to have him. But if not, when, well, it, it'd still be good to see these, these young guys develop guys like Brooks or Leary. Um, but yeah, we're going to see where this goes. College football is crazy right now. And these, these transfer portals are, are, are blowing up college football and it's something I never saw. I never saw coming. So. Yeah. And all thanks to, you know, NIL, the no restrictions you have, you know, uh, reported that, you know, Jordan Addison was, was getting a deal from USC for like $800,000, which included like a house and a car. Mm-hmm. So crazy, um, crazy world. Yeah, I, I never really agreed with the NIL or whatever, but it does favor Alabama in many ways. Um, as a fan of Alabama, I'm excited about it. But, you know, from a overall perspective of it, it, it I feel like it, it diminishes the game, but you know, it only really, it only really, uh, at the current stage, it is right now where it's no restrictions. It only benefits like Miami and like USC because they're huge, huge markets and they Texas. have all this money. Yeah, Texas fifty thousand dollars for every offensive lineman, even if they don't play. Um, but 
I, I really do hope this this NIL gets figured out and the transfer portal to a, a regulated stage. But it's, I feel like it's going to be a long time for that to happen because the NCAA is incompetent. It really is. All right. Uh, so now on to everyone's favorite uh, segment, interrogation. All right. So the first question is, uh, so it's, it's summertime. Um, if you could pick one jersey to wear at the beach, what would it be? Uh, for me, it would definitely be a, a Michael Jordan Barons jersey, but the black one. Not the white one, the black one. Mm, very nice. He was a fantastic baseball player. Yep. I just remember him swinging them bats. I know he was going to grow up one day and he was going to be a fantastic baseball player. Ended up in the Hoover Met and didn't get much farther. <laughs> I think bad at what, 231? It's not that bad. Uh, he, was, he was a good – he wasn't that bad of a baseball player. I mean, but if you compare it to his basketball career, I guess it's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty, uh, pretty pedestrian. But, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting jersey. I like it. Um, For me – uh. Now, if it was a jersey, like an actual jersey, I would go with the Paul Crew Mean Machine, Longest Yard. Uh, you know, criminals, they're awesome. They're cool. Uh, he was a fantastic quarterback, beat the cow, beat the the sheriffs all on his own, basically. Um, but really, if I had to wear a uh, a sports a sports themed uh, attire, I would probably go with Tiger Woods. Uh, uh, Red turtleneck, um, just for the sake of, uh, I don't like being sunburnt, and I think it would protect me. And uh, what he has, like what fifteen majors now. So I mean, yeah, you could swim in it too. I could basically wear the entire Tiger Woods golf outfit into the water, and I wouldn't be sunburnt. I wouldn't be stung by a jellyfish. Completely sun protected. Yep, and I'd have I'd have a belt for protection. So, Choke out some shorts. Probably what I, that's probably what I'm going to wear when I go to the beach uh, this summer. Um, one of my favorite places to stop at on my way to the beach is Waffle House. What is your what is your go to Waffle House order? So it's always been an All Star, the All Star special. Um, but as of recently, I've been I've been trying out the. Uh, the hash brown bowl, the chicken hash brown bowl. It's uh, if it's you know, if I don't, if I'm not looking for a huge meal like the All Star Special, I'll usually get the, the hash brown bowl, and it's you know, it, it's uh, you know, if I'm not hungry, then that's it's, it it'll it'll make me feel good. Yeah, you know, they they chase cats around the the Waffle House building for their chicken. Yeah, it, that's some good cats. Some good cats. <laughs> uh, usually when I go to Waffle House, which I've only been about, I don't know, 8,000 times, um, I get the all-star hash brown smothered covered uh, with onions and cheese. Uh, I get bacon, eggs over easy, and a pecan waffle. Uh, they know me real good down in Clear, Clear Waffle House. Shout out uh, Mama Joe. Mama Joe. Mama Joe, rest, rest in peace. I think she's dead. I don't know. <laughs> rip, rip. Some of y'all might know her. She, her voice, she sounded like a uh, like a demon, but she was a very nice woman. <laughs> um, 
man. And she always made a good all-star. Um, what is your what is your favorite and least liked Pixar movie? So my favorite Pixar movie would probably be Wally. Uh, I think I saw it in theaters like two or three times. Um, I, well, I was like eight or so. Uh, I don't know why. I just thought it was real cute. This little robot was trying to help help the earth by recycling everything while the, the fat ass humans were on this, you know, rocket ship being all huge and fat and that eating everything. Pretty cute. And then they bonded, the two robots bonded with little, you know, robot sets. Ro- <laughs> robots. <laughs> yeah. And then uh for my least liked uh Pixar movie, I would say Bolt. Um with the dog uh we actually i went to go see that in theaters and i think i fell asleep like not even 20 minutes into it um i was very confused uh i thought it was a superhero dog movie but then they were trying to portray it as like a uh uh like a tv show or something so yeah not not my favorite yeah wally the first time i watched wally my art teacher in elementary school he uh he recorded it illegally while we were playing with Legos, and I was like, man, this is awesome. I ain't got to go to the theater for this. You might have got fired over it. I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, Bolt. I watched that at 4-H camp, and uh, that, that, that movie sucked. But um, for me, my favorite uh, my favorite Pixar movie is probably Ratatouille. Um, I'm not really a fan of rats, but uh, I like the music, and I liked when the rat ate cheese and strawberries together. Yeah, that was pretty satisfying. Not to mention that the uh, the Ratatouille TikToks, those are pretty uh, hilarious. So that makes you think of Ratatouille. Yep. Uh, then, um, oh, shout out Chef Gusteau. <laughs> uh, and my least liked Pixar movie is The Incredibles 2. And it's not because it's a bad movie, but just because the first Incredibles was very good to me. And I feel like the second one was unnecessary um so and there's there's too much emphasis on the baby it's like i don't care about the baby i just care about that fine mom yeah um (laughs) uh but yeah i love pixar movies a shout out disney um if you're a quarterback right now well we're we're, so we're talking about you know ryan Tannehill in this situation but if if you were a quarterback right now who would you want your mentor to be for like current quarterbacks um, I'm kind of split between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson being because he's like, you know, he's pretty short. Um, so, you know, he's not the prototypical 6'4", 6'5", quarterback. You know, he's shifty. He can make things, you know, work. I'm sure he can give you some pretty good advice. And then with Matt Ryan, I'm sure he's, you know, pretty down-to-earth dude. He can just give you, like, the most, you know, he can probably joke with you and, you know, give you some, you know, some advice that's probably useful. That, you know, other good quarterbacks would probably just be like, oh, yeah, just trust yourself, you know, whatnot. So, yeah, those two guys. Okay, well, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Mac Jones just because my body type and my quarterback ability is closest to him. Um, I wouldn't really say a guy like, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen just because they would give you this bullshit about, like, oh, I just worked hard and, uh, I'm a leader and all that. And I'm like, shut up. You, I, I can't throw a ball 85 yards and I can't run a 4.540. Okay. You're just talented and you can't, you're not going to be able to teach me that. So just give me a, give me a chubby guy who, who 
works around eats cookies you know uh-huh. no not a six pack works around in the pocket knows how to dab people up uh and he played alabama so give me mac jones um and i'm not picking tom brady because he kisses uh kids so um what is your favorite golf club that you use in your bag um you know the typical answer would probably be your driver but you know that's probably my worst uh club so i'm gonna probably go with my uh either my pitching wedge or my lob wedge you know it's 50 percent of the time i'm usually you know most effective with those um so probably my pitching wedge um because you know every other club it's just like you know 10 10 percent of the time i'm gonna you know screw up my drive or like you know 25 percent of the time i'm gonna uh you know have a unsuccessful you know <laughs> drive with my uh three or five wood but uh i have i probably have the most success with my pitching wedge you know setting myself up you got a pretty good short game um for me well i hit my driver very accurate i don't hit it far i hit it accurate and um where i do mess up is my irons and usually what happens is if i'm playing a par four i'll be off the green you know need to get up and down and that's when my 56 comes into play uh nearly every single hole i have i have to have an up and down to make a you know make a birdie or a par and um you know when it comes to that 56 for a long time i've been hitting around the yard and uh you know getting it close to the hole with you know these little chips that's important for me to score well on uh you know these tough courses but um give me my 56 degree you know i love the way you can you can pitch it flop it chip it punch it anything um it's it's, it's probably my most utilized bag probably even more than my putter <laughs> uh, yep so we went over a lot of shit there um so i guess well i'll tell you what we haven't done in a long time we haven't given you all a top five segment <laughs> top five top five top five all right well guess what guys it is may 11th which means that the earth is about to turn into summer form it's, it's right. closer to summer than it is to spring sure is sure is it's warmer yeah. All right. So um, an important thing to do is when you're out, you know, you have, a, you know, you have the right songs to play um, that fit the, you know, fit the, the atmosphere of summer. So for this top five, we're going to give you all our summer playlist or, you know, if we had to make a playlist of five songs, this is what it'd be for the, uh, you know, for these next three months. So in no particular order, I'm going to go with uh, Summer 16 by uh, Drake. Just a really good song. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, you know, out of year. It's, you know, quite old, but in rap form. But, you know. Yeah, that, uh, that reminds me of playing basketball at the courts. Oh, definitely. And when you play it, you think like, wow, I'm actually something out here. <laughs> and then I have uh, my next one's going to be Summertime. In the Summertime by uh, Mungo Jerry. <laughs> um, Mungo Jerry, uh, he, he looks very much like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar if you watch the music video um just a good vibe going on in that song so you know makes you makes you feel good um ugly fucker i know that <laughs> yeah he's got he's he's neat he needs some work on his teeth hopefully he's still alive um my next one's gonna be born on the bayou by uh Khalidin's clearwater revival just a uh you know feeling like you're on the you know in baton rouge maybe you know in the swamplands, summertime mm-hmm. feeling, it's, you know, hot and uh, very, very humid. So I, I get you going like you're, you know, summer. 
And then my next one's going to be Margaritaville by uh, Jimmy Buffett. You know, it's an all-time classic. You know, whether you're, you know, any activity, you're on the boat, anything like that, Margaritaville's uh, one of the go-to uh, go-to songs while you're maybe sipping on some sipping on some alcoholic beverages. I don't know, getting shit done, awesome. cutting the grass. Who knows? <laughs> um, and then my last one's going to be uh, "Baby, I Love Your Way" by Peter Frampton. Yeah. Um, definitely the live version. Don't you go with the uh, some studio version? The live version's the best. Uh, and yeah, those are my top five songs. Those are very good. I like how you had a little bit of seventies in there, and uh, you just throw Drake in on you go. You throw Drake in with Jimmy Buffett. You can't go wrong. No, not at all. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, Mar- for Margaritaville, the, the original is very good, but I think the version with Alan Jackson's good too. Could be better. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a classic. But uh, you know, for my top five, um, they're kind of in order, kind of not. But I mean, all these songs come out at different times for me. So number five is a uh, Key Largo by uh, Bertie Higgins. It's a uh, '70s classic. Um, the man is born and raised in florida he he looks like florida <laughs> that's for sure um he, I, don't, I don't think he's ever left the state and this is his one song that actually turned out pretty good and uh it's pretty fire and if you're ever down in down in uh you know down in florida you know hit that up <laughs> uh, number four uh escape by rupert holmes i mentioned this song i believe in the could have been our second episode yeah um about places where we want to go for spring break uh it's that song that plays in grown-ups and uh you know whenever it, it's whenever i'm walking on the beach like at night i love to play it and uh you know feel like i'm a a majestic man <laughs> <laughs> uh that helps but uh for number three um this makes him feel like you know i'm in alabama and um you know the crickets are chirping and you see the, the lightning bugs uh seven bridges road by the eagles uh the vocals of that song are maybe the best i've ever heard uh seven bridges road is actually a place in alabama um it's it's actually just a bridge and it's not really that fascinating but the song is based off of that bridge and uh it's something it's really cool uh you know even though the eagles aren't weren't from alabama the their their technique and their sound or you know it makes it sound like they're they're from fort Payne, alabama or something uh, yeah number two uh slide by calvin harris um it's really one of the only new songs i like listening to during the summer uh i don't really know how to explain it Calvin Harris, he kind of looks like Ryan Gosling or whatever, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's cool. It sounds like something I'd play in uh, in Panama City or Florida, Florida, Bama. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's definitely something you would probably hear in in Florida, Bama. Yep. And then number one, uh, maybe the best one of the best songs ever, uh, "Summer Breeze" by Seals and Crofts. Uh, these two guys, they were weirdos. You know, they were in a cult, but they make great music. Um, Again, I think they only had like two hits, Diamond Girl, which is another one of my favorites, and then this Summer Breeze. Uh, it makes you really feel like it's summer, and just because the name of the song is Summer Breeze. And if I had to pick five songs, that's what it would be. 
Um, now a couple other mentions. Uh, I forgot. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. That's a great one. And uh, Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. That's a classic. So, uh, you got any other more mentions or? Uh, probably more recent, I guess. Uh, Heat Waves by Glass Animals. I don't know. I don't know why, but every time it comes on, it's just like he waves me the fucking weed, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's about it. Um, for that, yeah, I don't know why it's just it gets stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. But um, you know, if y'all like, I I would I would love to send you on my playlist. Uh, just DM me or whatever. Uh, hit my agent up. That's the only way you can reach me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Once again, I know I said this about five times, but I'm sorry we didn't upload an episode last week. And, uh, you know, if we seem a little off this time, it's just because we're trying to, you know, get back on pace, whatever. But now I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And, uh, you know, it's summertime. Y'all go have fun. And, uh, you know, a couple rounds of golf. Yeah. If you're out on the course, man, hit it low and uh, throw a few clubs around. Take your time and don't, uh, don't listen to the, uh, the game warden. Tell them to fuck off. Yep. All right. See y'all later. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Blowing through the jasmine in my mind. Summer breeze makes me feel fine.